Denver Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertan was recognized by his peers for the second year in a row. All pro Pat is back. We'll break down his impact and we'll take a little bit of look ahead at the future here for the Broncos with some of their futures contracts. You'll get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All pro Pat is back as the Broncos cornerback receives you another prestigious recognition for his 2023 NFL season. We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much, Broncos country, for rocking with us. We have you covered all throughout the entire offseason because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Two years in a row here as you know, peers around the National Football League. I always think there's no higher mark. There's no higher form of recognition or respect than when you get selected for something based on what your peers think about you. And for the second year in a row, the NFLPA, they conducted their NFLPA All-Pro team where players got to vote for who gets selected for All-Pro recognition. Though the twist, rather than players voting for just every position, if you're a wide receiver, you vote on cornerbacks and safeties. If you're a cornerback, you vote on wide receivers and tight ends and your own position group that you play for. And for the second year in a row... Broncos cornerback Patrick Sertan was selected by his peers to the NFLPA's All-Pro team opposite of Deron Bland last season. I forgot. I think it was Sauce Gardner last season who was the cornerback selected this year. It's Deron Bland and PS2 for year two in a row. His tremendous 2023 campaign continues to be recognized here. Yeah, we know PS2, just consistent production, whether statistical or just impact on the game, right? I mean, it really feels like you're out there playing 10 on 10 when he's out there. And yeah, he has some moments where he's human, but I think to be recognized like this is absolutely appropriate for the type of guy that he's been. I mean, one of the best corners in the game, if not the best corner in the game, depending on who you ask. If you ask Broncos country, he's number one. PS2 ain't number two to nobody. And he had a big year in 2023, right? Obviously a very nice 69 tackles, Cody, as well as 12 passes defense. And he could have had a a second interception. I know he had the one interception. He he was very close to getting one off Aiden O'Connell there in the season finale against the Raiders. But you know, maybe just got to hit the jugs, just dive at a jugs machine a couple of times. He'll pick <laughs> that one off next time. Right. But uh, I'm excited to see what this means for his future. Right. Because obviously the Denver Broncos have a rich tradition and history of outstanding cornerback play, at least in the years that I personally have been a fan of the team. Cody dating all the way back to the Champ Bailey trade, which I still remember reading about on the computer back in the sixth or seventh grade and just seeing it come up. I'm like, why would we trade Clinton Portis? Because you got Champ Bailey, and the same kind of applies to PS2. It's like, hey, 70% of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered by PS2. Well, and you know, I think so many people don't realize in today's NFL like how different the rules are and how hard it is really to play cornerback. I mean, I 
I've talked to Pat in the locker room. I've had a lot of great opportunities to sit down with Pat that you're heck. Did a sit-down interview with him for he was the cover athlete for our Mile High Sports Magazine football edition back in August. Just a genuinely good dude, very instinctual when it comes to football. But the thing is, is how the rules and how the game is played today and how explosive offenses are and how the rules really support to help offenses go off and explode in the passing game. The way that Pat plays the game, I mean, Sarah, it is special. And, and look, I I never got a chance to watch Champ in person right at practice. So we got to watch him on TV. And he was the best cornerback in the game, right? But I get to watch Pat every single day up close and personal. I get to watch him go through individual period. I get to watch him in one-on-ones. This is a guy who has just this elite level process to him and how he goes about, okay, if I'm in man coverage, I'm impressed. Like you see how attention to detail he is with his stance, with his footwork, with his eyes. He's super disciplined in that regard. And for him to be able to go out there on Sundays and play the way that he plays, look, it's it's hard to play this position. The true shutdown corner is hard to come by. But I think, and you look at today's NFL, Patrick Sertan's probably the closest thing to a shutdown cornerback in today's NFL, considering all the things that I just mentioned there. On top of that, look, he's heading to a second consecutive Pro Bowl games there. Obviously, we all know our feelings about the Pro Bowl. Fan voting was what it was, but the reason he got over the hump, he and Justin Simmons, was because of player and coach voting. That was what really led it ahead. Aside from that, the Pro Bowl doesn't have meaning anymore, but I do think all pro is probably the highest category you can get amongst your peers. You get that. The Associated Press, all pro vote is coming here soon. Does he make it onto that list as well? I'll be very curious to see where things are at there for him. And then on top of that, he was voted by the PFWA, our local Denver chapter. Uh, It's local media members voted on it. He was the Demarius Thomas team MVP award winner for the second consecutive year in a row. And man, he's just by, by and large, one of the best players on the Broncos roster, one of the best players in the national football league. He really is. And and I'm excited to see him at the pro bowl games. Cody, you know, I'm going to be in Orlando during that time at Disney world. So maybe PS two and I, depending on, Hey, how many, how much free time you got, you want to go take a selfie in front of the, the castle at the magic kingdom there, PS two. So I'm excited for, for, you know, just the opportunity to potentially run into those guys there. But Hey, I mean, what he's doing right now, aside from racking up accolades, Cody is he's, he's kind of building his, uh, library here to be able to bring to the negotiating table and become the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. Now, of course, we want to see the Broncos win a lot more games with PS2 on the roster, but I think that's the next step for him, isn't it? I I think that's really the next thing. He's now going to be eligible for an extension after this season. Now that this season is over, you got to wait three years on your rookie deal in order to sign an extension. So, The Broncos undoubtedly want to pick up that fifth-year contract option, but they could get ahead of the market and sign PS2 to that long-term extension as quickly as possible if they know and believe, hey, we want this guy to be a foundation piece of our roster. Let's get him at market value in 2024 as opposed to waiting until 2026 when the market is way different. Get him his bag right now and make sure that he is a Bronco for a long time. And they want him to be. I mean, I know George Payton, Sean Payton values him. Like as much as Sean Payton, you know, Sean Payton talked about how he had Patrick Mahomes graded like very high. He had the same grade like Mahomes and Marshawn Lattimore, he said, had the same exact grade on each other. And we know how much Sean Payton loved Marshawn Lattimore. Payton values cornerbacks and Patrick Sertan is as good as they come. And I, I can tell you this. Sean Payton is entertaining the notion of trading him, even though Denver got a lot of calls during the deadline. 
they were never focused on moving him. And, and I know fans want to move him just so they can go up a couple spots in the draft. That's a stupid idea. You know my stance on it. I don't agree with it. And I, I saw something where somebody said, well, the Broncos haven't won any games because of PS2. Since when did a win become placed solely on the on the shoulders of a cornerback, Sarah? Like, to me, I, I, I don't understand where that notion came from. We forget this is a team sport. And when you look at what he does at the position that he does, he does it better than almost everybody else right now in the National Football League. You don't trade a guy just because you want a quarterback. And then all of a sudden, now you're handicapped. Oh, my gosh. Who's going to cover this guy? Who's going to cover this guy? Who's going to cover Devontae Adams if Patrick Sertan's not on the roster? I, w- I really want the answer to that question, Sarah, because I don't think anybody can in that regard. He's the only guy I think that can do it consistently well. So those are my thoughts on that. Obviously, congratulations to PS2. He is one of one, obviously, for him, the all-pro recognition amongst his peers. I think that speaks volumes about how other people view PS2 in the National Football League. But... Broncos country, one thing that we got to talk about here is the future of this Broncos roster. As we all know, potential financial ramifications coming up, maybe, depending on what happens with the Russell Wilson contract. Could the Broncos roll with a cost-effective roster in 2024? We're going to take a look at some players who signed futures contracts that Broncos country should keep an eye on. You're going to get all that here on today's brand new episode of Locked On Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we always get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of expanding on what we're already doing right. We create New Year's resolutions, but how do we actually put forth effort and create steps that actually make us make changes in our life? Sometimes we don't always have all the answers. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and you can make changes that really stick, especially here in 2024. I've benefited from therapy myself. I do therapy once a month. I've utilized in the past better health therapy. And the thing that I liked about it is I could fill out a brief questionnaire. It matched me to a therapist. I vibed really well with my therapist. And so her and I, we worked on a lot of things that I was struggling with in my personal life. And sometimes maybe even my professional life, because I didn't have all the answers and I didn't want to sit around and I didn't want to feel stuck. So Therapy was a huge benefit to me. It still is a benefit to me in my life. Every single month I do it. Like I said, once a month, I get a lot of benefits out of it. And I hope if you do as well, that you get benefits as well. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time. If you don't vibe with your therapist, you say, you know what? I'm going to try a different one at no additional charge to you. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. The Denver Broncos may need a number of players who spent 2023 on their practice squad to provide some depth to the roster in 2024. And hey, you just never know when a guy is going to step up out of nowhere and have a big impact, maybe even bigger than just being depth. We're going to discuss some of the key players the Broncos signed to reserve futures contracts on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. But want to say thank you and give a shout out to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day where you know that you can listen to the show anywhere that you get your podcast as well as watch the show on YouTube. And we appreciate you every dayers out there who tune in right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Cody, some really interesting names, obviously not unexpected being that you typically try to re-sign most of your practice squad each year to reserve 
futures contracts. And really quickly, what that means is these players aren't officially part of the roster until the new league year in March, although they're still going to be around. They still got their playbooks. You know, they still got their number, their jersey number, things like that. It's not it's not like they're cut or something like that, but they just officially when the rosters turn over to become 90 man rosters instead of 53, that will then take effect. But let's discuss some of the names on this list because, like we said, Broncos could be looking for a little bit more inexpensive depth on the roster next year, and guys that have a leg up on the playbook maybe have an advantage. Yeah, and I think also the guys that have probably been on the practice squad all year, and some of these guys were with Denver in training camp, so that is a big boost for where Denver is at as we potentially look at the Broncos navigating a an offseason where George Payton and Sean Payton have said, we're not going to be as active in the first wave of NFL free agency. I imagine they'll focus on taking care of some of their guys that they really want to bring back here in 2024 that are set to become unrestricted free agents. We'll be start we'll start doing some previews, some look aheads at free agents and next week here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But I think you look at who Denver has right now that was with them a little bit, not necessarily in training camp. One guy that uh, they signed after training camp, Philip Dorsett, wide receiver, right? He was with the Las Vegas Raiders during training camp last year, signed and obviously had a little bit of an impact uh, in that week one game. And unfortunately, stepped out of bounds on what could have been a tremendous game-changing play for the Broncos in that game week one. Unfortunately, that they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, would have put them in field goal range. But Philip Dorsett's a guy who's been on the roster, the practice squad all season long and I really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit, talking to him periodically throughout the week. Uh, and just as you go by, right? Because you don't anticipate the practice squad guy is going to have much of an impact on the regular season. Though Dorsett did get called up, uh, you know, toward the end of the season, had a couple of looks downfield against the Chargers. But he's got the speed presence, right? And, and Denver's got, you know, speed is a premium, as George Payton said in his end of the year press conference. Speed is a premium in the NFL and that they have some fast guys, but they're always looking for fast guys. Dorsett's a veteran guy that obviously has some experience in that regard. We're going to talk about Marvin Mims here in a little bit on today's episode of the show, but you need maybe a guy that, okay, if you're going to build a specific role for Marvin on offense, you need to have someone that can replicate that in the event he gets injured. Philip Dorsett, I mean, by definition, is a guy who fits the description there. Um, and then on top of that as well, I mean, there's some other key names that we got to watch for here that are on reserves lists. No pun intended, right? Devin Key being one of them, the safety. I mean, a guy that, you know, played really well in the preseason, I thought, and I think you and I both agreed on that, Cody, just didn't have the opportunity, even with a number of injuries at the safety position and the suspensions, obviously, to Kareem Jackson. Just not an opportunity to get snaps above anybody else or to get an opportunity on special teams with those spots being covered. Really a testament to how healthy the Broncos were overall this past season. But Devin Key is a guy that I think, hey, you had the opportunity to anytime you get guys in Christian Parker's wheelhouse, right, where he can develop those players. I feel like you have confidence that they can come out and, you know, and I don't want to say just overachieve, but really develop to their their fullest capacity. And so I'm interested to see what he can do with a potentially expanded role this coming year as the Broncos look to transition at the safety position now probably permanently away from Kareem Jackson. And we'll see with guys like Caden Stearns, but maybe Devin Key could be something, Cody. I want your thoughts on him as well as maybe a guy like Ronnie Perkins, who has history with you know, playing opposite Nick Benito at Oklahoma, playing for Jamar Kane at Oklahoma. There's connections there that these guys have developed and, and really got to show some stuff in this past season. 
Well, I think that's probably the biggest key, right? For Key, he's been a special teams player for them. He got some special team snaps in the season finale against the Raiders, but he's also been a scout team player of the week for them several times. And I think that's something that George Payton highlighted as well, is that they have a lot of guys that have helped out on scout team, You know, stuff that we don't always get to see because we only get a view individual. We get a view stretch. We don't necessarily get to see the team periods where, hey, Denver's running the scout team for whoever they're playing this week against the first team defense or the first team offense. We don't know. We don't get to see that. We don't get access to that. So they get more of a sample size on players in terms of development, in terms of the looks that they get there. There's key. Obviously, Ronnie Perkins is a guy who played in five games for the Broncos this season, had some appearances there, you know, could be a guy against the run. Not necessarily sure he's fully refined that there as a pass rusher, but he's another option for you to have as you build out your 90 man roster. I think the bigger question here, though, Sarah, that we have to ask ourselves too, right? Ben DiNucci, the Nucci is back here in 2024. He played an entire year of football last year, which is crazy. 12 straight months going from the XFL straight into an NFL roster for rookie minicamp where he had to try out. But you had Sean Payton joking about, hey, if it doesn't work out here, you can be a greeter at Walmart. And then he stuck on the entire practice squad rosters at their quarterback throughout the entire season. He's going to be back. Now, a question here, if we talk about cost-effective roster, if Denver rolls with Jarrett Stidham, is Ben DiNucci maybe going to be in line for that QB2 spot for Denver in 2024, which I think is very interesting, right? Because I feel like, Sarah, my perception is if that were the case, it would seem like Denver would be punting on 2024. Am I wrong? I mean, I kind of feel the same way with, with that as you do, Cody. I just uh, <clears throat> nothing against Ben DiNucci or the potential that he has to show something and be a quarterback too, but it would probably require a really significant performance at training camp and in the preseason to get him to that point, right? Because we do expect the Broncos to be active at the quarterback position, whether that's drafting somebody, whether that's bringing in another bridge option to compete with Jarrett Stidham one way or the other we do expect them to address that position so if Danucci ends up as quarterback too I think that brings us to a point like you said where I mean maybe they are punting a little bit on 2024 and kind of seeing what's out there in 2025 and you hope it doesn't get to that point I mean Broncos country of course wants answers right away and we know that quarterback grow, grow on trees. So the Broncos will just go pluck their quarterback right off the tree this offseason and appease the entire fan base, Cody, as well as give us uh, a new guy to talk about on, on the show here. So, no, I'm, I'm being I'm being a, a little snarky there. But, you know, I, I think Ben DiNucci, a promising future, obviously somebody that can be valuable to your quarterback room. And, of course, these guys all learning from Davis Webb. I think there's an example to be set there that – Hey, you can you can prove yourself valuable to a quarterback room without ever getting on the field. You can prove your worth and get paid a lot of money over a long period of time being a backup in this league by being indispensable to the room. So I think that's where Ben DiNucci has a chance to really make his hay this year. Well, and he's had to step up into some games to start for the Dallas Cowboys in the past as well. Denver obviously had a lot of familiarity when the Cowboys came to town for joint training camp practices. They got to see a little bit of the nooch, and that actually gave them a little bit of insight and intel from the scouting department as to, hey, you know, we could look at this guy for a variety of different things. I'll be very curious to see what the Broncos do decide to do at quarterback here this offseason, Sarah. Certainly that's going to be a big topic here amongst Broncos country. One thing we need to take a look at going into 2024, what can we expect and what anticipated roles might second-year players from last year's draft class or undrafted rookie for agent class, what might they have here in 2024? We're going to take a look at every player and share our thoughts here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos.
Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by Jace Medical. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's definitely something that is scary when you think about it. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than someone that I love or someone's kids getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from their life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, they'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, sinus issues, and more, among other things. And this stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Once again, go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com, and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order today. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, want to say thank you so much once again to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We have you covered every single weekday all throughout the entire offseason because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. Thank you so much for making the show exactly what it is. We look forward to the wild roller coaster that is the offseason anticipation ahead of us. And it began yesterday. It continues here on today's episode of the show here. But let's take a look at maybe some anticipated roles here for some of the second-year players on the Broncos roster, including undrafted rookie free agents, and also looking at some of the members of last year's draft class where I think we just got to go back and hammer. I think it's so important that George Payton mentioned this, right? Because I think the idea is that, okay, well, hey, if you have depth issues, you're going to go out in free agency and sign guys. I like that George Payton said, you don't buy your depth. You go out there, you draft it, and you develop it. And obviously, with Denver having six selections in this year's NFL draft, having a premium first-round pick, that's certainly going to help them here. But we talk about development, and certainly a lot of Broncos rookies last season they definitely got a chance to develop a little bit and make mistakes along the way, which I feel like are absolutely imperative. So, Sarah, who do we want to start with here as we look at the Broncos 2023 rookie class and anticipate maybe their roles here for 2024? Well, I think we got to start with uh, the guy who kind of came not out of nowhere because, hey, shout out to the Lockdown Broncos podcast for pointing this guy out. Cody, you notice him in OTAs throughout training camp, Jaleel McLaughlin, right? I mean, the guy who was kind of the unheralded player, the undrafted free agent who somehow set the NCAA record for rushing yards and still didn't get picked despite having some intriguing athletic traits and clear speed and burst on tape. Could he? Could his role expand to that joker position in 2024? Now, I don't know if we're going to put a name to it per, by any means, but I would love to see Jaleel McLaughlin's touches. He had around 100, 105 touches this season. Cody would love to see that ramp up by at least 50%. So 150 touches for Jaleel McLaughlin in 2024. How feasible is that? What does that mean for the rest of the running back depth chart? And is that possible for his body type, right? Because we know smaller backs, it is hard for them. But Sean Payton having had guys like Reggie Bush and Darren Sproles throughout his time, gives me confidence that and not that those guys are the same size or anything like that but you get what i'm saying i mean guys that were enlisted to do this kind of work on a weekly basis alvin Kamara being the most recent i think jaleel mclaughlin has a chance to really step up in his role in 2024 
And part of me is also wondering too, how will uh, the strength and conditioning nutrition plan, you know, what, what does that outlook look like for a guy like Jaleel? Like, are they going to have him work to add muscle and put on some weight potentially? I mean, that's certainly in the works here, but I mean, if I, I feel like he can maybe add another five to 10 pounds, right. But still be able to preserve like his speed and athleticism. I think there's a balance there. I'll be very curious to see what the plan is there. Uh, I think we take a look now at Marvin Mims, a guy who you and I both have shared our thoughts extensively here on the podcast we felt like was extremely underutilized in the passing game as a wide receiver. I mean, we thought we were on the verge of seeing something special after that week two performance where he's just getting behind defenses with the long bombs. And then all of a sudden against the Chicago bears in the fourth quarter, Russ connects with like a 49 yard pass to him as he gets behind the defense. Once again, we're like, you know what? Denver's got something really special here in Marvin Mims. And then from that point forward, we only saw end of rounds. We, we only saw like the, the reverses and it's like what the heck happened like why can't you guys just run marvin mims deep like scheme him open we saw the offense take a big step backwards in terms of regression from that standpoint in terms of how aggressive they were trying to push the ball downfield to me that was frustrating to see that change in dynamic but obviously we saw how explosive he was as a returner he's getting a pro bowl games nomination as a rookie obviously well deserved for him I think I want to see an expanded role for him in the passing game. I want to see an emphasis on getting number 19, the damn football. Yeah, I agree, Cody. I mean, he's, he had over a thousand all purpose yards this year, but most of that obviously came in the return game where he was obviously a pro bowl player. So there's, there's evidence there of his playmaking ability. And we saw almost every time he got the ball or the ball was thrown his direction, it felt like good things were happening. I mean, I know there was a period there early in the season where the end rounds weren't working out, but then you and I both kind of joked like, Hey, when the end around started working for Marvin Mims, you knew things were going to be going well for the Denver Broncos <laughs> overall. And they were, they were winning some games there. So, but I'm a, I'm in complete agreement. He has to be a bigger part of the passing game going forward. He has to be an every down player, not just a gadget player. And I think we'll see that from the Denver Broncos. And you could really say the same for two guys defensively, the Broncos, two third round picks in 2023 linebacker Drew Sanders and cornerback Riley Moss really cut their teeth in versatile roles this year playing as far as Drew Sanders playing the edge and off-ball linebacker and special teams Riley Moss playing a little dime package little special teams even getting a shout out from George Payton there what do you envision for those two guys in year two yeah this is a great question I think Riley Moss is going to be competing to start at the cornerback spot on the outside opposite of Sertan I think that's what the team wants I mean, for George Payton to say that, I think that's exactly what the team is trying to do. And, you know, if he could stay healthy, I th the biggest thing we talked about in yesterday's show was, hey, he had the training camp injury. That's unfortunate. Drew Sanders is very interesting to me because, Sarah, at this point, where do you value him, right? I think I think Josie should be back for the Broncos this year. I thought he and Alex Singleton played well. I think Denver's biggest issue they need to address is the trenches on the defensive line. I think that'll help everything else in terms of Denver's defense. But for me, it's... Do you see Drew Sanders having more of an impact in a rotational role as an edge rusher, or do you see him being an off-ball linebacker? I think he could do both, but throw, throwing this out here right here, I think Drew Sanders could be a multi-versatile asset for Denver's defense if they went to a 4-3 scheme. I think there could be situations where you put him at edge and you keep him at inside linebacker as well. We also forget Jonas Griffith is set to return. He's almost clear from his ACL injury as well. Imagine a 4-3 defense where you have Drew Sanders at edge rusher. You have Josie, Alex Singleton, and Jonas Griffith at the inside linebacker position. I kind of like that. It gets me a little excited inside, you know, get a little bit of adrenaline going there when you think about that. Um, 
I, I don't know what that's going to be the case. I don't know if the plan is to move him back to inside backer or to keep him at edge rusher. We saw the Vic Fangio do something similar with Baron Browning. So that's kind of a question mark here. And really kind of to close, I'll leave you with these final two guys here, Sarah. You look at Alex Forsyth and you look at J.L. Skinner. I mean, Forsyth also receiving praise from George Payton and then obviously Skinner getting some praise as well. Your thoughts on these two guys as we close out today's episode of the show. Yeah, could we see Alex Forsyth become the starting center in 2024? I think that's very possible. George Payton didn't say we think he can eventually be a starter. He said we think he is a starting center in the NFL. And with that being the case, I mean, there's another inexpensive way to move forward with your starting lineup going forward and maybe put your uh, put your money where your mouth is in terms of that seventh round draft pick who we did not see at all as a rookie, but they saw a lot in practice and liked what they saw. Same with JL Skinner is what I gleaned from George Payton, Cody. A lot of things they saw on the practice field that they really were encouraged by his development. Guy who was thought to be a top 100 player by a lot of NFL draft analysts who kind of, I guess, disappointing for them to not see him as a rookie, especially, like I said earlier, with all those safety injuries for the Broncos. But could somebody like JL Skinner be a factor in year two with a healthy Caden Stearns, maybe P.J. Lott coming back? May all of a sudden rejuvenate the excitement at that safety position you got some youth you got guys with a versatile skill set so i'm excited to see how they progress and how they factor in because you can't always expect the rookies to be instant impact day one year one year two though i think the story is a little bit different and i think the biggest unknown with skinner for me is like like i said we we get to see him in an individual we get to see him in team stretch but you know i think from the media perspective is not being able to see him get on special teams this year outside of the last game of the season was like, okay, is that, is that because he's not ready? Does the team not think he's ready? Or is the team just saying, Hey, we're going to use this year as a red shirt year. We got some other guys in those positions. And obviously Delarian Turner yellow is one of Denver's top special teams guys. He's torn his ACL. He's not going to be ready for the start of the regular season next year. So this is the perfect opportunity for JL Skinner to go out there and say, Hey, now I'm going to step into a role on the special teams and try to be that guy because, look, not only can he run fast and hit hard, he's also lengthy, right? So I imagine just thinking of him, can he be a guy that goes up and maybe blocks a couple of punts this year for Denver? I mean, certainly a possibility. I'm very curious to see how it all formulates. And look, Broncos country, we want your thoughts as well. What type of anticipated roles do you see for the Broncos rookie class from 2023 as they prepare for year two? in the National Football League. With that said, Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. For all you everydayers out there, here's what you can expect on tomorrow's episode of the show. We'll continue to talk some Broncos to start off, but you know what we're going to do? We're also going to share our thoughts on NFL Wildcard Weekend. We'll take a look at the AFC games. We'll take a look at the NFC games. We'll break it all down. We'll share our thoughts. We'll give our predictions as well. We want you to get involved in the show. You can expect that on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.